Ohio people with Mennonite views, and they're gonna give us some missional news. Ohio Conference Cast. You are listening to Ohio Conference Cast, a podcast dedicated to sharing missional stories and other information about Ohio Mennonite Conference. Here are your hosts, Corbin Weaver-Busher and Ramon Lyonez. Hello and welcome to the Ohio Conference cast with Corbs and Moan. We have a special guest with us this morning, but first, Moan, how are you doing? It's been a while since we were on the pod. Oh, I'm doing good. Hi uh, to everybody in Menoland. Uh, we miss talking with you. Actually, I haven't been able to show my ugly mug to uh, Corbin in a while, so uh, maybe that's a blessing for him. But we are looking forward to interviewing Dick, the Grand Poobah of Ohio. And <laughs> so I'm going to hand it back over to my uh, quick-thinking partner, Corbs. So it's been a little while since we had an episode up. I think when we first took over the podcast, we, we sort of called it, in, in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, this is Ohio Conference Cast 2.0, because Bill Seymour and Thomas Dunn had been doing it. But you know... When you get an update on your phone or your computer and you wish that you hadn't gotten that update, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about, Moan? (laughs) Absolutely. We uh, can make no promises about the quality of this will ever be, but we appreciate all of your patience as we continue to uh, figure out our pacing with uh, getting these episodes out. And we thank uh, Dick and Alyssa for their contribution to the podcast and their interview with Glenn. Uh, which uh, by the time this episode comes out, uh, hopefully you will have heard. Mm -hmm. And we are extremely excited to have Dick Barrett on the podcast with us this morning. Dick Barrett is the conference minister for Ohio Conference, and we are actually together for a pastor gathering in Upper Sandusky this afternoon as we're recording. And so this was a great opportunity for us to just get Dick finally on the pod and to hear some of his story and his vision too for Ohio Conference. So welcome, Dick. How are you? Good. It's uh, great to be here. I, uh, I'm i back on this side of the uh, podcast. Uh, it was great to be able to help host with Alyssa the last time, but help me to come to appreciate the what you do for Ohio Conference, whether it's 2.0 or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's better or less than her, but uh, it's good to be on this side. And it's been, I think, the last time that I did this, uh, last time I was interviewed was actually at this exact location, probably two and a half years ago. Oh, wow. When I first started as conference minister. Maybe there's something about this location, about interviewing the conference. Mm -hmm. That was probably Bill and Thomas. Yes, that was the Bill and Thomas uh, show. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Well, good. Well, to start us off, uh, we just like to ask all of our guests uh, to share a little bit about your faith background growing up. Uh, what was your, whether your home or, or church life or, or lack thereof? Uh, oh, tell wow. us about what, a... what that was like growing up for you. Well, we'll have to try to keep this kind of sh- brief, if, unless we <laughs> want a long podcast for this time. But um, yeah, I've shared before. I think maybe that's what I did two and a half years ago, but a lot of people are new maybe to conference or Maybe people weren't even paying attention back then, hard to believe. Yeah, I grew up Catholic, actually, in Buffalo, New York. Grew up in a good Catholic family. Did all the things that a good Catholic was required to do. Um, I didn't have much role in my baptism, but my parents say I was baptized, and I was confirmed. Did First Communion, was confirmed. Yeah, I would say for the first 18 years of my life, I uh, 
I would say I was probably a pretty good Catholic, at least on Sundays. Uh, there's kind of a pretty big discrepancy between what I did in my faith on Sundays and how I was living my life the rest of the week. And so I guess one of the, I would say that I was pretty much caught up into the uh, the culture around me. I was married at a young age, age 20. Um, I did what I had felt God calling me for many years to do and uh, to be a police officer, and I had the opportunity to do that. So I became a state trooper in New York. But I continued to live my own life, how the world around me was living. I seemed to drift further and further away from any relationship with God or Jesus Christ, and um, it resulted in a divorce. We had two children in my first marriage, and so that was a painful experience. And then, oh, a number of years later, my father died suddenly and unexpectedly. And between the divorce and between my father dying, that was one of those things that I really felt God was calling me to examine my life. How was I living and how was my faith? And so I asked for a Bible for a Christmas present from my mother. And then I started reading the Bible. In fact, I really couldn't get enough of it because, especially back at that time growing up Catholic, that just wasn't something they encouraged you to do on your own. And so I was just really surprised at how much God's Word is, how that can speak to you through all of Scripture. And one of the reasons I, I really wanted to read is I really wanted to know what the Bible said about divorce and could I still be accepted by God after. And I realized that divorce is not God's divine ideal for people. Um, it's sin, but it's also sin like any other sin, and it can be forgiven. And so that's where, when I say I really wanted to find out about God, it was reading the Bible that I discovered my relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's when uh, I was remarried. So my new wife and I had two daughters, and we realized that we needed to go find a church. And so Interestingly, I grew up Catholic, my wife grew up Baptist, and we really didn't know where to go find a church. So we started exploring churches in our community. And uh, we'd explored quite a few different ones. And one Sunday she came home because she was more faithful to trying to find a church than I was at that time. So she came home and she said, I think I found a church. And I said, well, yeah, what kind of church? She said, well, a Mennonite church. And so um, I always tell people, um, the positive for me was that I knew absolutely nothing about the Mennonites. Mm -hmm. There was one Mennonite church in our community. I had no preconceptions about who they were, for better or for worse. I just So we visited the church the next Sunday. It caught me off guard that so many people were carrying their Bible in the church and that they focused on Scripture, and I liked the focus on community. And, um, and then Sunday school time, it just... What drew me into the ministry at that time was what seemed to be their emphasis on discipleship, that it wasn't just what you did on Sunday, but that it was about trying to follow Christ in all of our life every day of the week. And uh, I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but it's been an interesting journey to, to then be part. Then I became baptized in the Mennonite Church because I certainly couldn't remember my infant baptism. And, and I really wasn't sure I understood what even confirmation was about. And so I knew that I needed to be rebaptized and so that was kind of our entrance into the mennonite church thank you so much for that that's the brief version as long oh, wow. as it is uh, it's <laughs> well, kind of like you. a ramon brief, oh, brief version uh, yeah well ramon brief version we'd we'd be on a set of cyclopedias right now thank you so much for sharing that with us dick share with us about your call to ministry and how that led you to your role at ohio mennonite conference could be a long uh <laughs> 
Long answer. Um, other than but God, I we always got say, a good editor. Yeah, okay, I always say but God. So uh, because uh, if you would have told me when I was a police officer, and if you probably would have asked anybody that knew me that I would be a pastor someday, the answer would definitely have been no. But shortly after becoming part of the Mennonite Church and exploring what they really believed and reading the Confession of Faith and the Mennonite Perspective, that was one thing that really stood out to me and I, I just I found it so biblical not that it's equal with the Bible or anything but it just seemed like what that was saying is and so I thought this is a church that tries to be because we all none of us are perfect whether it's individuals or churches but we all try to be and so it's like, this is a church that's really trying to live out what I believe the church was really called to be I was approaching what could have been my time ending with the state police I was coming towards where the early time of retirement Something was kind of telling me that maybe it was time. And I remember driving to work one night. I was working the night shift at the time. And just this overwhelming feeling came over me that God was calling me to be a pastor. And I just couldn't, to the point it brought tears to my eyes. And actually, I tell people, I joke about it. Now I went home and told my wife, and she has been crying ever since. <laughs> uh, because, so, and then fortunately we had, our congregation in New York had lost its pastor, a beloved pastor who just felt it was time to be moved on. And and we went a long time without a pastor, and so we needed people to kind of step up and do some of the pastor roles. And so they gave me an opportunity to do things like preaching and visiting people. And uh, so that was c- kind of affirming of my call to ministry. And so I took some classes at a seminary in New York, and I took distance learning classes through Eastern Mennonite Seminary. After a couple years um, exploring whether that really was what God was calling me to do, we came to the place, okay, now where? Now where do we go? And there was only three Mennonite churches in western New York at the time. Um, And so, uh, well, I don't think we're going to be able to stay in western New York, so where do we go? And uh, so my first posting was um, a posting on Eastern Mennonite website about a position in Ohio, at an associate pastor position at Oak Grove Mennonite Church in West Liberty, Ohio. And I said, boy, I wonder what that is like. And I really was drawn to the associate pastor position. because I'm like, I know how to be a police officer. I don't really know if I know how to be a pastor. And I'm like, the associate pastor role sounds pretty good to me at this point. So I applied to, they sent an email actually just inquiring about it. And one thing led to another. And the next thing we know, we were moving to West Liberty. Ohio. That was a very good experience. So I served at Oak Grove for 16 years, the first four as an associate pastor, and then the last 12 as the lead. And I kind of go back to it almost like what happened when I when God was calling me away from policing into pastoring. It just felt like, okay, you're, you're calling me to something else, and this seems what it's like. And as much as I also kind of related to when I was a police officer, if you would have told me that I was going to be a pastor, I would have said, no way. And when I was a pastor, if you would have told me that I would be the conference minister, I would have said, no way. Um, so it's, I think God has a pretty good sense of humor. But it was one of those things that it felt like as much as things were going good at Oak Grove and it felt like it was just has been a great fit. At 16 years, it felt like it was the right time both for the congregation and, and me. And so some people asked, said that I should look into the conference minister position. And Amen. so, yep, yeah, that's why. I, so I'm here, still trying to figure out if it's the right 
<laughs> but I think that's the part of following God's. Yeah, yeah, you never, you got to trust in God that he has you in the right place at the right time. As far as I understand it, somewhere along the way in those 16 years at Oak Grove, a young moan walked into that church, also from a, from a Catholic background. And, and so the two of you actually share some longer history than, than I do with either of you. Yes, I, I can remember. Actually, we, we didn't this even... This is le- where you start lying. Yeah, actually, <laughs> we, actually, we actually didn't even let him walk into the church at first. Um, actually, I met him at Bob Evans. Uh, and I had come across him and some of his other connections with the community. And, uh, but uh, we decided that he wanted to meet for breakfast one one day and so we met for breakfast and he said he was feeling called to well, he said he'd been feeling called to the pastor for quite a long time and a lot of people had affirmed that um, but that he really felt he was being called to the Anabaptist and, Amen. and Mennonite faith so that's kind of when then we decided we would invite him to church and I asked you to be my mentor yes yeah and, and so it's been a good and it's been a horrible relationship <laughs> for you ever since <laughs> yeah. well, and he's been just as much my mentor as that so oh, i always say a good mentoring relationship is when uh yeah mentor one another so, yeah well I, that's just a cool little wrinkle yeah. for me to this whole conversation yeah. so um yeah fun to think about and in, in light of your sharing your call story to your deeper sense of faith and then also to the pastor it also ramones and and the connection there so now that you are in this conference role, I we would be curious just to hear some of your reflections. I know a, a big part of my own thread, and I think for a lot of church leaders today, we're looking out at this church landscape, and it looks different than it did 10, 20, 50 years ago. And we'd be curious to hear just some of your reflections on what you think are some of the greatest challenges facing the church today. Wow. Uh, I think there's a lot of challenges facing the church today. Um, I've had encouragement to look at it in, sometimes it's easy to get discouraged with some of the challenges. And I, I remember somebody saying, well, how about if we look at the challenges, not something discouraging, but as opportunities. And so it's been a better way to look at things because God has called us in this time for a specific reason. And to me, the church has something very special to offer. Um, for somebody that was so long and walking and our this culture in this world it was so refreshing to be able to come to something that offers something different and so i think that the challenge is to continue to recognize um that there are there are two worlds that um, are always vying for our attention and affection and and maybe more so today than i i look at the culture and it seems to be like an unchristian culture and it's not just about like I have a lot of people that say I know I live in a community that the good majority of people would be would call themselves Christian many that have no connections to churches or some that have minimal connection to churches and it really surprises me that we live in a supposedly Christian culture and sometimes there isn't a lot of evidence of it or a lot of fruit and I really connected with the community or tried to when there and I'd get funerals for people that died from the community or just and boy, to, it was really hard to find some type of thing to hang hope on that this person had faith to some level. So I think that's one of the challenges for us. Um, and we're all challenged in, in the church or outside the church about, you know, we say the kingdom of God or the kingdom of this world. Um, we've all taken in the kingdom of this world in some level. We're 
it's easy to see it where other people have done it. Not so easy to see it for where we have done it. So, yeah, I, I see those challenges. We don't know what our blind spots are until right. they're revealed to us. Yes. Yeah. How do you see Ohio Mennonite Conference equipping people for ministry in the local church? That's a good good question. And it's interesting that it comes after a day of meeting right. with our pastors. Absolutely. Kind of, okay, trying to continue to clarify our own identity as a conference and as a conference of congregations. Because I firmly believe that, I think it was Bill Heibel said that the 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 local church is the is the hope of the world that it's not really about conference it's about or the, a denomination it's about the local congregation and so i would see the primary role of conference is equipping our congregations to be who god has called them to be in their right. local communities right um, yeah I, I would say that and, and we do that in a number of ways one of the primary ways is is equipping pastors and helping congregations find pastors and making sure pastors are supported because pastors are kind of the backbone of, of congregations as well. So I would say pastors and leaders is, is one of our primary. And I think what the focus has been for Ohio Conference for the last four or five years, that the focus about being missional and being missional, I think we're all called to be missionaries wherever we are. It's in the local congregation primary. So... I think we've done a pretty good job of resourcing through guest speakers, through th- some of the things that we have focused on about trying to get our people from our own congregations to think about how, how are we supposed to be missional in our own context or our own community and encourage them to do it because it looks different. Well, I like how, you know, I've noticed how the uh, Ohio Mennonite Conference leadership has encouraged us pastors and, and other uh, our churches to identify leaders and to work to start raising them up and offering programs like the Journey Program and, and other things, you know, that uh, you guys bring to us and say, hey, why don't you see if anybody's interested? Do you want to elaborate on that? Or? It's interesting to see how the Holy Spirit works. That, that's something that was important for me when I felt called to ministry Actually, the church that we were part of actually gave us gave me the opportunity to serve in different roles, and so then I started sensing that call to ministry. But when I communicated that I might be called to ministry, uh, I had people that were there for me that could begin to the situation. I had a a pastor for one of the other many churches in the community uh, when I was doing seminary, and they said, "Well, you have to go do a uh, internship somewhere. You can go serve in a hospital." some other type of ministry. And I said, well, I really want to serve in the church. Right. <laughs> so I, I said, can I find somebody that would be willing to mentor me in the church? And so they said, yeah. And so I found the pastor from the other Mennonite church in the community. So he served as my mentor for that. Mm-hmm. And so, and then when I came to Oak Grove, I had the pastor that was there before me. And then I, we had a transitional and they kind of mentored me. And so that has been, and like even like the situation with Ramon, mm you know, coming to me. To me, that's the... People say, well, you know, there's not a lot of people that are feeling called to the pastor today. <laughs> a lot of it, I think, has to do with the challenges that the church is facing, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, we're all responsible for raising up leaders, mm-hmm. and so I think it starts with us, and I, and I think the mentoring is a good... And you've talked some about what it's been like to come into 
this role with Ohio Conference. And we also know that there are a lot of people listening who the conference is uh, sort of a a passing thought. Uh, we're, we're maybe sort of aware of Ohio Conference. We're aware that pastors every once in a while probably get together in some library basement in the middle of the state <laughs> to meet about very important things, we're sure. Um, and then maybe we hear a phrase at some point like, like, Ohio Conference has this vision for being gathered and sent <laughs> and being missional. Um, could you just put maybe in layman's terms, talk about the vision of Ohio Conference and, and some of the goings-on that people might be able to relate to and, and, and help to catch the vision of, of what conference yeah. is doing? That's, uh... Just to clarify some, when Corbin say layman's terms, <laughs> it's in a way that Ramon would understand. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Which might explain why I was chosen to be Ramon's mentor. Because it seems to me like often we complicate things, or 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 we come up with these grand visions of what we want the church to be, or who God is calling us to be, and sometimes we get lost in all that. And it seems to me that our mission has already been given to us. Our primary mission is is to live out God's commandment of loving God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength and uh, loving our neighbor as ourselves and then with the great commission of going out and making disciples of Jesus Christ. And uh, so my focus has been how do, how do we bring that, how do we simplify things? That, mm-hmm. instead of? And so I think if we can focus on the great commandments and the great commission uh, for each of us. And so we've been working on possibly a new mission statement over the last couple of years and said that the mission of Ohio Conference would be to gather, equip, and send our congregations to love God, love others, and make disciples with the power of the Holy Spirit because it's all with God's help. So, yeah, that's kind of been our... And so the gathered and sent, that's kind of been... God calls us to gather as people. And even as congregations, he calls us to gather. Um, but then he also sends us out. And so we gather to worship on Sundays or whenever that might be at church, but... Then he sends us out to be his witnesses in, in the world around us. Well, and I love that that line you had earlier that we're all called to be missionaries. I think we're so used to hearing that term in, in this maybe more 20th century context of, of overseas missions, but that we're all ambassadors of the gospel, and, mm-hmm. and you're sort of helping to to keep that vision in front of us. And, and I just really appreciate that. In ending, I, I just want to ask this last question: What is your hope for the church, and how can we pray for your ministry? hope for the church like i mentioned it's kind of it's easy to get discouraged maybe even especially over this last year and a yeah, half of yeah. the pandemic uh, trying to see where god has been at work or um, i'm also encouraged by a lot that's happening um i've the amount of people in ohio conference that just their faithfulness their willingness to be involved we have so many gifted people that are willing to give so much of themselves whether it's People that are part of the paid staff or all the volunteers give so much of themselves. So I have great hope for the church, and my hope would be that we would continue to grow into who God is calling us to be, that we're loving God more than we've ever loved him ourselves before, that we're loving others, both people within the church and those people that are outside the church, they're different than us, and even our enemies, because that's what right, God calls right. us to do. So. And that we're making disciples of Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. So I think I have I have great hope that that we will continue to do that and 
to me it's all it's also not just about numbers i think numbers are important or i mean we don't want to discount because hopefully we have new people that are coming to christ but um also that the people that are already here that are continuing to grow right because we're always there's always room for growth in all of us well, thanks a lot, Dick. We really appreciate the fact you took some time out to interview with us and share with us what's deep in your heart and what God has placed on your, your heart for us all. Likewise. Thank you, Dick. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we will be praying, and we invite everyone listening to to pray for our conference leaders, uh, including Dick. And, yeah, I know Ramon and I are both really thankful for, mm-hmm. for your leadership. Absolutely. And— uh, the example that you set for for a lot of us as pastors, but also as as everyday Christians and, and missionaries here in our congregations, which is all we hold positions, but our ultimate calling is just to be everyday Christians. Amen. <laughs> right. Amen. And so it's it's great as the other times it's been great being a part of it, and uh, I love you guys and I love all the people of Ohio Conference congregations. Sounds good. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening. Thank you. God bless you, and we will talk to you next time on the Ohio Conference Cast. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ohio people with Mennonite views, and they're going to give us some missional news. Ohio Conference Cast. Thank you for listening to another edition of Ohio Conference Cast. We would love to hear from you. Our email is ohioconferencecast at gmail.com. Ohio Conference Cast is brought to you by the Ohio Conference Leadership Team, along with Norm Sohar, sound engineer, Megan Sohar, voiceover, Ann Lehman, publisher, and our many guests and listeners.